In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some Lenten practices have become a part of who we are beyond Lent. And I remember talking about that on Ash Wednesday. That's the hope for us that some of the practices we take on become a way of life. Several years ago, I received an email entitled Experience Lent with a list of seven practices to consider during Lent. Now, I don't know about you, but seven practices for Lent sounds like an awful lot. So I was really drawn to one in particular. These practices were proposed by an Episcopal priest named the Reverend Laurie Brock. She's one of the writers for the Lenten day-by-day devotional that's in the narthex. And she offered, in, in this narthex book, she offered the first meditation for the first Sunday in Lent. And the Lent fast that has continued to stick with me of hers is this. And this is, these are her words. And this is the, the practice. Experience voices unlike yours. Too often we are part of the choir. These are her words. Too often we're part of the choir to which with whom we agree are preaching. What might happen to our interior assumptions and expectations if we listen to voices not like ours? If we're white, spend Lenten season reading books by people of color or watching movies that focus on their experience. And she recommends 13th and I am not your Negro for starters. If you're straight, read and watch art and narratives by LGBTQ people. If you're male, read books by women and listen to their experiences. Allow yourself to be bothered, to be challenged. Explore your own prejudices. What assumptions did you have before you listened and how have they changed you? I embrace this experiencing voices unlike others then, and I continue to do it now, and it actually has become a part of who I am. I try to listen with more intention as I wander through my week and encounter people I know and those who are new to me. I continue to learn from those voices that are unlike mine. This practice encourages me to do things like to join ECCT's offering called Decolonizing the Body of Christ, a six-month transformational journey. Now, six months also sounds like a long time, but we, made, we, we met for the first time at Camp Washington this past weekend and another overnight in August, and then there are four sessions in between those overnights. The 24 hours of, at Camp Washington were awesome. This program is offered by Dr. Christina Cleveland. She was here last spring, and I, some of you may have attended that session with her. Um, attendees at this Camp Washington event and the six months, which will be together for six months, were young and not so young, gay and straight, women and men, lay and clergy, white and people of color, privileged and the not-so-privileged, some new to racial healing work, and some who are seasoned in this work. And all of us share the common theme in knowing that it's lifelong work. 
When Dr. Cleveland was with us last spring, she mostly lectured during the sessions, but this time she focused on, it, focused on a number of exercises that helped us to see and feel our bodies. In small groups, we experienced ways to embrace self-compassion and to learn more about what a colonized body is. We also learned about what decolonizing the body means. And the definition that she gave us of this decolonizing the body is releasing what does not serve us, remembering our ancestors and our ingenuity, reclaiming the wisdom of the persona, group, and collective body, and relating to the phenomenal world as interconnected and fundamentally moving towards life. We were invited to be vulnerable as we listened to her in doing some of those exercises. We all had an opportunity to be vulnerable, which is not easy to do. We experienced listening to each other's voices who were very different and varied in that group. Abraham and Nicodemus were both invited to move toward life. The reading from Genesis tells us that God calls Abram to go to a place where Abram had never been before, to leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your father's house, go to a land that God will show him. It was a call to go with promise that God would bless Abram so that Abram would be a blessing. God said, I will bless those you who you bless, who I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families shall be blessed. And Abram finally faithfully goes. He steps into new territory, into newness of life, with the assurance of God's promise. It's not terribly unlike the new life that Jesus explains to Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus in the night with his curiosity and openness. And Jesus invites Nicodemus to let God work in his life in a new way. Just as Abram was about to discover new life, Nicodemus is invited to new life. And I believe you and I are invited to new life every day. I wonder why Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night. Was it out of fear of his Peter's discovering that he wants to know more about this Jesus? Is it that he's struggling with his faith and wants to learn more about what he doesn't understand? Nicodemus asked Jesus, how can these things be? It's almost as if his curiosity is driving him to this dialogue with Jesus and giving him the courage to question Nicodemus appears two other times in the Gospel of John. Later in, the same, in chapter 7, he seems to defend Jesus when the religious authorities are conflicted about Jesus. And Nicodemus is one who, brings, who comes with Joseph of Arimathea to bury Jesus. Nicodemus brings myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds of it, for preparing Jesus' body for burial. At the end, John's Gospel writer reminds us that Nicodemus was the one who came to Jesus in the night. Somehow it's important to remember that Nicodemus came to Jesus in the dark 
of the night. Jesus opens <coughs> Nicodemus, <coughs> excuse me, to the spirit of how one is born of the spirit. This is where Nicodemus asks, how can these things be? Theologian William Temple writes about the beckoning nature of the spirit and says the following, always the breath, the wind of the spirit is moving. We know it by its effect. We have no need to ask for its authentication. It is, is it Protestant? Is it Catholic? Where the fruit of the Spirit is apparent, there the Spirit with a capital S is at work. We should play, place ourselves in its course that we may be carried by its impulse, even though this leads us to association with strange comrades whatever promotes love and joy and peace. Each has its source in that divine love which sent the Son into the world, not to judge the world, but that the world may be saved through him. So Nicodemus was searching, searching in the dark of the night. He reminds us that no matter what our education level or stature in life, or who we are, what we've done. We are all searching for meaning. He took the risk to go and talk directly to Jesus. Filled with the curiosity to learn and to question, Nicodemus showed his vulnerability and opened himself to experience one-on-one -on -one a voice unlike his. The voices of those unlike ours can indeed challenge and bother us. They call us to reflect on the assumptions we have before we listened and to think about how they have changed after the encounter. Think for a moment of the varying voices that we hear in, in the Gospels. John's Gospel writer shows us a Jesus who speaks in I language. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. Matthew's gospel writer calls us to action, to go and do likewise. We have varying voices in each of our readings today, each giving something that moves us toward new life. Abram was willing to set out on a journey to a place where he had never been before. As you read more about Abram, you discover that he learns and grows from experiences that he has, even from the mistakes and wrong turns he makes. He lives into the new life to which God calls him and experiences that God is with him every step of the way. Abram still speaks to us these many years later and reveals to us the God who walks with us and blesses us despite our missteps. That's good and wonderful news. Abram also instills courage in us to go to a place where we've never been before or to listen to a voice unlike our own that might challenge and bother us. I think Nicodemus also exhibits courage in the darkness of the night and also invites us into those places where we've never been before. So as you walk through this second week of Lent, consider 
listening to the different voices around you. Notice where you encounter a voice unlike yours, when it challenges and bothers you. What does it bring up in you? Like Abram and Nicodemus, we're assured that God is with us in and through all things. And the words of the psalmist remind us of that poignantly. The Lord shall watch out, which watch over your going out and your coming in from this day forth forevermore. Amen.